Hello, I'm John Orty. I'm a stunt historian, author, broadcaster and producer, and the man behind Behind the Stunts on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Welcome to this episode and a series of podcasts dedicated to the action stunts in the James Bond movies. My new book is the definitive guide to everything action-packed in the film series. It looks at the stunts, the performers, the coordinators and the stories behind these incredible moments captured on the film. This week's dabble into the world of Bond. And we have a movie with a title that's been around from the very start of the franchise. This is Bond's Out for Revenge movie, set smack bang in the middle of right now. In order to create the right atmosphere, it's important to have Bond relaxing, doing something non-spy, in order to ease the audience into his new adventure. He's best man at Felix Leiter's wedding, what could be more relaxing than that? Well, I've been best man, and it's not a stress-free environment. The one thing that could have made the ceremony worse was for someone to rush in and tell me that Sanchez was in the Bahamas, and that I'd gotten the green light. I have a speech in my jacket pocket, the ring nestled in my left trouser pocket, and clean jockey shorts on just in case of assassination. I'm not sure I could have stepped up and dealt with Sanchez, and this is why Bond and me differ. He will drop anything to deal with anything. Such as the opening sequence of this movie. BJ Worth again steps up and creates magic on screen with Jake Lombard doubling Timothy Dalton, but not all the time. Timothy does a great deal of his own action in this sequence. Sanchez's plane is a stationary plane mounted on what's called a gimbal, a piece of equipment that allows the tail to move into the upright position. This is used when Bond hooks Sanchez's plane and it's reeled in by the helicopter. Jake Lombard did get an earful of abuse from Cubby Broccoli, who arrived on set, expecting to see him being lowered from the chopper onto the back of Sanchez's plane, and instead saw the star of the film being lowered. Safe to say it didn't happen again, but Timothy Dalton was incredibly capable and happy to continue the action throughout the movie. This is the last place in the Keys. We'll have to try Miami next. Stay here. You stay out of sight. I'll handle this. We're closed. Ain't nobody here. Look, I've come all the way from London to see you. Universal Exports. We've been retained by the Regent's Park Zoo to arrange shipment of a Carcaridon Carcarius. A what? Great White Shark. Bond visits a number of locations up and down the Florida Keys with Sharky, looking for somewhere that may have held Felix before the killing of his wife and the losing of his left leg. He rings the bell and is confronted by a guard played by stuntman Jeff Moldovan. Later on, Bond goes back and finds two guards. This time, Jeff is now joined by Carl Cefalio, who's worked on many big pictures over the years. 
I caught up with him, and we chatted about his untimely demise in the movie. Licence to Kill, of course, you know, 1989, and you, you've, this was filmed... Uh, uh, large proportion of it in Mexico, but this particular sequence is based in the Florida Keys, uh, as I seem to remember. You're one of the guards for Milton Crest um, in this uh, particular setup. Now, uh, give us a, give us a breakdown about. Do you remember the casting of this, or how how you were approached with reference to this job in the first place, Carl? Yeah, I, I was. Um, let me see. I had I had been inducted into the Stuntmen's Association uh, in 1985. Uh-huh. So, and I think we shot this in 87 or 88. I went to a meeting one night. I hear something that will come up. I went to a meeting, uh, our monthly meeting, and uh, uh, very plain spoken, those fucking British are coming over and taking our fucking jobs. <laughs> <laughs> don't you don't you fucking work for any one of those fuckers. <laughs> or, or, you know, it was pretty much like that, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was a time when um, who is this Arnold guy? Who the fuck does he think he is? And if you knew the Stunt Association of old, and it was, uh, it were all the cowboys from the fifties and sixties, uh-huh. all the American cowboys that didn't want anybody else sure. in their shit. I happen to be maybe of a little bit more of an open mind that you know, if we were good enough to get the job, we would have gotten it. Right. So maybe these guys have something that we don't have. Why don't we? Why don't we listen instead of instead of wanting to kill them? You know, so um, I was open to that, and uh, James Bond thing is happening in Mexico, mm-hmm. and and they're looking for a couple of stunt guys to play security guards. And don't you dare work for them. If you work for them, you'll never work in this town again. I get a call from the office, from my office. They're still looking for a guy to play a guard, and um, and they like your look. And five other guys turned it down. Oh, then, okay. because because it's a. Because it's a non-union, um, right. it was non-SAG, and we were shooting it in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And they said, and it's a cash deal, and and I just thought they just thought we'd ask you. And I said, well, okay, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> you know, first of all, first of all, first of all, nobody tells me who to work for, how to work, how to support my family. Uh-huh. That's just a, that's just a thing for me. Um, and, and the other thing is that. Oh my God! I get to work on a Bond picture. Yeah, there is, that. and I get to go to Mexico for a week or so. I was a happy guy. Was this this was fir- this was first unit though work, right, Carl? Yes, it was all first all first unit yeah. work. It was a smashing time, as they say. You know, uh, I've never been on a show before where they took a tea break. Yeah, we well, like I was tea. just like, oh my God! Yeah. You know, and I and so Jeff, you know, Jeff and I were looking at each other, going, so so this ain't bad. <laughs> You know, yeah. we've had worse days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how that started. Did Did you know at that time? And I don't know whether it was stated in the in the script or any instructions that you'd seen at that point. But did you realize that you were going to be a, a meal for an electric eel? It was Was that an option? Did you realize that at the time? You know, um, I knew that somebody was going to get the eel tank and somebody was going to get the worms. Okay. <laughs> what did you do? Toss and, a coin. Um, well, you know what? I I see. I I think. I can't remember if it was the director or Paul, but somebody came up to us and said, okay, you're going in the drawer and you're going in the tank. Okay. And, and that's kind of how it went. Um, uh, I, was, uh, I was a little surprised because I'm, I'm bigger than, than Jeff, 
was uh-huh. and and the drawer the drawer that he went into was was pretty big and the tank that I went into was not so big you know I, I was I, if I stretched out I, I just about fit in the tank um, I'm assuming and, and just this is based on, on what I've found out so far that obviously in the, in the tank were um, um, uh, mechanical and electrical effects presumably flash bulbs and bits and pieces to to simulate the uh, the eel and the electrocution right yeah correct um, a, a lot of us uh, you might remember uh, but I'm, I'm older than you the the old flash bulbs that sit on top of your little 120 camera right and and you would take a picture and they would they would flash and they would turn there were like four bulbs on each side that's right or four, there were four, four bulbs on it so there was a whole um oh string of those there are probably i don't know 24 maybe 30 of them in the bottom of the tank right and um and, and they were hooked up uh, and uh, special effects when i hit the tank special effects hit those to simulate what a what an electric eel would do to a person, right. um, and uh, and and only in a bond picture would electric eel light up. You know what I mean? Yes, indeed. Yeah, um, like nice that. dark. <laughs> right, right. Um, but uh, you know, we did it in one take, uh, and um, uh, it was um, it was it was actually kind of fun to do. You know, it's one of those unique kills that you get well, every once in a while in, that's, in, in movies. That's something else to add. Uh-huh. To my knowledge, and uh, of course I've been doing this uh, this research in bits and pieces, but to my knowledge, it's only the third electrocution that's ever happened in the Bond series, and, and the other two happened in Goldfinger. So, Is that right? To my knowledge, yeah. Alf Joint was electrocuted in a bathtub in Goldfinger in the pre-title sequence, and then Odd Job was electrocuted by his hat because it trapped between the bars and then Bond set off the um, put the electric and then you're the other one and I don't know of any others at this stage so I'm, I'm having to say that that will add you to the electrocuted list that's pretty good going isn't it yeah that's, that ain't bad you know and, and as you look back on a career um, you, you've had some horrible kind of deaths but electrocution must be yeah. like a walk in the park in comparison <laughs> It's nothing compared to getting my head squeezed in a vice. You know, well, there's just a, there's yes. nothing, nothing like it. No, exactly. Um, you know, of course they bring me up and make me look at the tank, and I and I and I looked at um, I looked at Paul, and I said, uh, "Is that the biggest tank there?" Bam! <laughs> <laughs> okay. You got one with a deep end, yeah. Paul. Yeah. Oh my God! Uh. Um, but uh, but so so that's how they set it up. The the, the eels and the tank were you know rubber and. Uh, floating on strings, um, okay. and uh, and and I I had such a great time doing it. And like I said, we did it in one. We're very lucky to to get all that in one. Is that um, is that I gave somebody my camera, and I can't remember who it was, but I went back into the tank and took that took a picture of myself <laughs> on the tank. <laughs> you floating, yeah. Uh. Now we hear from stunt coordinator Paul Weston, who shares some of his memories from this movie, starting with the amazing seaplane sequence. The story is that he's underwater and he's got a spear gun and he thinks it's a, a boat and he fires the spear gun at it and gets pulled out of the water and when he comes up on the top of the water he sees that it's a seaplane about to take off. The idea was, the story was, that he then comes up and he does barefoot water skiing behind the plane 
and then catches up with the plane and, and jumps onto the, the float and takes off. We couldn't do it. The plane couldn't pull a person out of the water. It couldn't go fast enough, didn't have enough energy to pull it out of the water. So what we had to do was to put him on skis at first and then drop the skis. So what we had to do was we built some little see-through plastic skis about this big to fit on, on his feet so that we got him up as fast as we could and then he came up on, on these plastic uh, feet and that's how we, we got uh, him to catch up to the plane. Wow. But we still couldn't get out far enough or fast enough to come back in to hit the, the plane itself. So what I had to do was I had him go out as far as he could and on a certain point of action, the, the plane would come into him and then he could, could catch it up. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's how we did it. It was really a timing thing. So now I've got to get the, the seaplane with him on the side of it, taking off and going up. So to, to make it realistic, when I'm on the side, then we'll take off and I'll be hanging on. I didn't have any wires or anything, but the rope that we came from the spear gun, I thought, well, it should be on the back there because we're, we're tracking with, with me hanging on the side from a speedboat. I thought I'd just put the rope on it and a piece of wood on the end, not the actual spear gun. So I'm hanging on the side and I'm hanging down thinking, you know, this is going to look good because I'm slipping off the side. I'm, my head, legs are dangling. I pull myself up. And as I pull myself up and lay flat, it felt like someone had hit me, my soles of my feet with a baseball bat. I went, whack, oh, what was that? And when I look back, there's a lump of wood that it got stuck in the way, stretched a rope, and so it came up like elastic and hit me on the soles of my feet. But yes, and then we, we, we get up as high as we can, and he's doing this bit, and I'm sort of hanging. When it gets up to like uh, four or 500 feet, the aerial unit take over, and they parachutes on the back, and then you, they do the high stuff. Paul now tells us about the amazing two-wheel driving of the tanker during the end chase. The stunt driver was the very best in the world, Gilbert Bataille, brought in by that other maestro of all things vehicular, Remy Julien. Well, obviously, we had um, Simon Crane doubling for um, um, Sanchez for most of it. Um, I just did it occasionally. To organise the tankers, to get them, uh, Remy um, had spent about two or three months trying to get a tanker on two wheels. So that was a very difficult um, situation. It's two-wheel driving is fairly easy on a, on a truck if it's one solid vehicle. When you get articulated, that's when it becomes more difficult. When you're doing a truck, you've got that much to play with. So you can, you can do that with the steering wheel and you, you've got the weight and you can play with it as you're going along and you can actually steer. But with a articulated truck, that, that's when the skill comes in, it takes a long time to, to perfect. And he had to, to cut off a, cent, a, a part of the middle of the tank, tank uh, to, to make it slightly shorter uh, because it was getting out of, he couldn't control too much. Yeah. And now Paul tells us about one of those scenes with a British censor they thought was too graphic for the standard PG rating, eventually giving the movie a 15 certificate. I refer, of course, to the full body burn doubling Robert Darby as Sanchez. Paul has done many in his career, but none were as complicated as this few minutes. 
as he explains here. Yes, well, I was doubling for Sanchez because I had um, Simon doubling for, for Timothy on top of the tank, on the back of it when we're fighting and we're letting the the, um, the, the petrol go down the, the, the road. The guy jumps out of the tanker and we're both going down the hill and it's got to roll over. We shifted all the rocks from the lower part of the, the, the hill so that we could come down and see the, the truck turn over. The driver came off just slightly too early and we went all through the, all the rocks and smashed up completely. But um, I'm on the back um, and so that when we do turn over and fall down, uh, Sanchez is covered in, in petrol and we're ready for the for the fire job at the end. It was going to be a full full burn. So I got a, uh, an American uh, stunt guy who came over a few weeks before and bought all his equipment. He was going to do it. The day before we're about to shoot it, he took me to one side and said, Look, I've got another job. If I leave today, I can get two months' work. And, you know, as a stuntman, you want to make sure that, you know, you've all got work to do. And uh, I said, yeah, that's fine. Leave your equipment. I'll do it myself. I'm going on... on on air for three minutes. I got three minutes of air on a little bottle that yeah. fits in there. So to to do that, I got to get in the costume. I got to get my fire suit on, put a very cold gel on underneath your in your underwear, and then you put your two fire suits on, and then I put a mask on, a rubber mask, and you put your air in, and you're ready to go. But you got three minutes, and I figure by the time I, I get dressed in the in the caravan and walk onto the set, it's going to be a minute and a half because I've got to go on air. Then I got to put the mask on put the wig on and do the wardrobe and get me on the set and a minute and a half. I figured 30 seconds for the camera to get ready and they gel me up and then I've got a minute. I reckon I'll have about 45 seconds to a minute to do the job. I'm ready to go and it'd say, okay, because all I can see is two little spots out of the glass. Uh, I can see Timothy there. They said, gel him up. So they gelled me up and I'm ready to go. And they went, Hold on, hold on. Problem with the camera. And you've got this little tube and you're trying to suck this air up. And it's, it's okay, 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 we're ready to go. I'm going, they chill me up and woof, it goes up in flames. So I know exactly what I'm doing. I pretend I'm trying to put myself out. Uh, I go fall onto my knees, go over to the truck, fill the truck, go along the truck feel my feet and then fall over and hit the floor, which was fine. As soon as they lit me, I went <coughs> nothing. I thought, don't panic, just blow out, see if you can get any. And it was like sucking up treacle. It was like oxygen. <laughs> but I went went through the whole thing, fell over, they blew, uh, every, uh, the flames went up and then I laid there and I was starting to burn. I was out of out of air. And they got to me. They put the uh, CO2, took my mask off, and I, I was breathing. That's when I was burning. The heat transference was going through the costume, and I was I was out. It was just the heat yeah. that was going through the through, through the costume. So that's it for this week. Next week, we'll have jumped forward six years to 1995 and the start of the Pierce Brosnan era as Bond with Goldeneye. So don't miss that. Until then, it's bye for now. 